Hello once again, Digital World. Welcome back to another Spliced In Later for our third episode of the week. How exciting, going from a week of no episodes at all to constant stream of Spliced In Later content. I hope you enjoyed my last review for Raya and the Last Dragon. I don't know if you had a chance to go and see it yet, but maybe you have, maybe you haven't. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did if you have seen it. But if not, still time. It's only been two days since I last spoke to you. But today I'm coming back at you again with another movie review. How exciting. And this is one which I don't know if it's hotly anticipated in terms of the world in general. But for me specifically, I've been very eager to see this film since the moment it was announced. Even when it was announced, I went, that's not going to happen. But I'm excited for it if it does. And it has. It was supposed to be released in the theatres, as is with everything else these days, but it got pulled from a December 2020 release, got bought up by Amazon Prime, and it is now available on Amazon as of uh, 12 hours ago, maybe 24 hours ago. I think it dropped early. But it is the long-awaited sequel and another Eddie Murphy, possibly, hopefully, classic coming to America with a two where the two should be. Now, housekeeping before I get into it, you are familiar, I'm sure, if you have checked in, but if you are brand new to this show, you will know that I love the original Coming to America that came out in the 80s, so much so that when I did my episode focusing on Eddie Murphy in general, the main point of that movie episode was how much I loved Coming to America. The episode title is even called Coming to America more than Eddie Murphy itself. The thumbnail is the Coming to America poster. It's an absolutely fantastic film, which I love to this day, and it still holds up no matter how many times I watch it. I have to give a brief update of what that movie is, just so I can talk about this sequel. I won't get too much into it, but it is a great movie that came out in the 80s at the point of uh, Eddie Murphy's career was hitting untold heights. He was really a household name at this point, and it really took advantage of him as a main star as his type of comedy. He plays Prince Hakim who is the prince of this kingdom of Zumunda, and he has been arranged to marry a woman from his father, James L. Jones. But Akeem, being an educated, heroic protagonist, looks at the woman that has been chosen for him, who has been bred and trained to respond to him in every way possible. So she's, she's, she's a blank slate. It's just, I'm here to please you. He goes, no, I would like to meet a woman who is independent, has a personality, is her own person, someone who I can fall in love with of my own accord, not who I'm told to like just because she will hop on one leg and bark like a dog because I have told her to. So he takes his good friend and advisor, Semi, played by Arsenio Hall, and they travel across to America because they see in a map that New York City has a place called Queens, which is where they will find Akeem's future bride. When they get to America, it's the usual comedy of how different it is to Zumunda in terms of how loud it is, how aggressive it is, how violent it is, how forward-thinking as well it is, or how backwards-thinking it is, depending on where you are in the world. He comes across a variety of characters. The big hook of coming to America was that a lot of these characters were also played by Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall under heavy makeup or doing different accents or other things which may not age well today, but at the time is fine, and let's not focus on that too much. They play a barbershop trio, they do a creepy churchman, a very bad singer, all sorts. And they always give these characters these very over-the-top personalities, which are fun to look at. While there, Akeem gets a job working at a place called McDowell's, 
which is absolutely nothing like McDonald's, so don't even try and sue McDonald's. McDowell's is completely different, very different. You may have the Big Mac, but they've got the Big Jack. Or, oh, maybe Hungry Jacks could sue. No, it's the Big Mick. It's the Big Mick. Sorry, I got lost in my own brain there. While he's working there, he meets the daughter of the owner called Lisa. And obviously, right from the point, this is the woman that Akeem's going to fall in love with. And basically, to cut a long story short, he does. He manages to convince his parents that this is what he wants and this is the way of the future. And the movie ends with him and Lisa going back to Zamunda and getting married. There we go. That's out of the way. Top-notch, 10 out of 10 movie, fantastic comedy, Eddie Murphy, great, Arsenio Hall, great, iconic film, check it out if you haven't seen it. Now we come into Coming to America. I'll try not to emphasize the two so much, but it's, 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 it's funny that that two just sort of is there. That's the only difference between the title of the first one. It's a reflection of what this movie is and what I will get into as we get to the point. To give you a very brief plot update of Coming to America... The movie literally takes up 30 years to the day since the last movie ended, as it is Akeem's wedding anniversary. And he's celebrating the day with his three wonderful daughters, who are all very independent, very wonderful people. But across the border, Wesley Snipes is living in his own kingdom, and he really wants the two kingdoms to unite in a marriage. And if it doesn't happen, he's going to attack. And at the same time, James Earl Jones is King Joffy. He's near and deaf. And he is upset with Akim because the rule of Zamunda is that no woman can rule. It has to be a man. Very backwards thinking, but it's it's 500 years of tradition. So he reveals to Akim that while he was venturing around in America back in his original quest, he, unbeknownst to him, managed to conceive a child with Leslie Jones. Uh, the son is Lavelle, played by Jermaine Fowler. He's in America, so once again, Akeem and Semi head across to America to find this young man, bring him back to Zamunda, and then train him in the ways of their kingdom so that he can eventually take the throne. Lavelle is a very, very independent, wacky character, very much like Eddie Murphy was back in the day, but to a modern sense. He originally is a bit selfish, self-centered, doesn't want anything to do with the throne. Then when he realizes he's going to be king, he becomes a little too involved of all the benefits it's going to have for him. But as he goes for the movie, he learns about the people around him and what is required of him and how to be a better person. He meets certain people that influence him in a way. But while he is evolving as a person, Hakim is somehow moving backwards as a person. Everything he learned in the first movie has slowly sort of been worn him down now that he is king everything about finding the right woman choosing love for love he's sort of he's backtracking on because of the pressures of being a king so he will have to learn how to be who he once was Lavelle will have to learn how to be proper royalty but also not give up on his own identity there's a lot going on plenty of characters most nearly all of the original characters from coming to America are back even small roles brand new host of new characters Tracy Morgan Wesley Snipes Leslie Jones, Trevor Noah shows up in here for a little bit. And basically, yeah, that's the movie. I don't want to say too much about how it ends, but if you're familiar with comedies and you'll, you'll be familiar with this type of story, if you've seen Coming to America, you're familiar with this type of story. So you'll get where it's going and how it's going to end. Now, my reaction to this movie is I really enjoyed it for specific reasons, which looking at reviews online are why people are trashing the film. So I'm going to really focus on this bit specifically, and then I'll get some housekeeping out of the way later about the movie itself and what I like. But 
a lot of reviews online at the moment, a lot of people are talking about how this movie is inferior to the original one. All it does is just do the same story again, tell the same jokes again, all of that shit. It's, it doesn't make new ground. It doesn't try to be its own thing. It's not as funny as the original. So it's just a waste of time, a retread. Don't worry about it. But here's the thing. That's the point of this movie. This this movie is made specifically for that. They even comment on the movie at the point. They make a reference about how these days movies are either just superhero movies, remakes, or sequels to really old movies that don't need to be made and would have been better if they just left the movie alone. And this movie itself calls itself out on that. But what is different from where other movies like Anchorman 2, Zoolander 2, Dumb and Dumber 2 try to be sequels to their original movies but go bigger and bolder and funnier and try to top that movie in every way possible, this doesn't. This is a movie that knows why you are watching it and why it exists. And the reason you are watching this movie is because you loved coming to America and you just want to see that sort of stuff again. It is a movie for nostalgia. If you are anticipating this movie, it's because you liked the original Coming to America, which may not be a lot of people, depending on how familiar you are with movies in general. You either will have had to have seen Coming to America and loved it to a point where you want to watch this movie, you are familiar with Eddie Murphy's old work in Coming to America and you want to see Eddie Murphy again, but it is not really a movie where someone who has not seen Coming to America is going to see it and go, yes, I want to watch this movie, this movie which clearly establishes that it is a sequel to another movie by having a two literally in the middle of the title. If you want to watch this movie from Coming to America, I feel like you want to remember what it was about the first film that made you laugh. And that's what this movie excels at with its nostalgia. It is a celebration of the first film. It's it's a continuation, but it never really tries to say, that movie was great, but we're going to be better, and this is why. This movie spends a lot of time going, remember coming to America? That was funny. Remember this joke? Here it is again. But it's funny now because it's later on. You may not like it as much as the original. You may not think it's as funny, but you will have the nostalgia of seeing it in the original movie, which will be more than enough to make you smile while you remember. Now, you might say, well, that's a poor excuse for a movie. That shouldn't be what movies are about. Movies have to do their own thing. They have to be smart individual properties. Yes and no. Movies can be whatever they want them to be if that's what you're looking for. People complain about superhero movies, there's so many of them and it's the same thing over and over again and as a result of that, they're bad. But the people who like these movies want to see that sort of stuff again and again. So for the target audience, yeah, they might acknowledge that it's the same stuff, but it's the stuff that they like, so they're going to enjoy it. Coming to America when it came out in the 80s, for what it was, is a simple comedy film. It is not something that stands a test of time as a movie that broke ground or change the way people thought about anything. It was just, look at how funny Eddie Murphy is. He's been funny as a buddy cop in other films with Nick Nolte and Dan Aykroyd. Let's give him a movie where he headlines the show. Isn't it funny when he pretends to be different people? Isn't it funny that he is a fish out of water? That's It's a fish out of water story. That's all it is. So making a sequel to it, you can't go into it expecting to be blown away by what you see or expecting it to establish itself as new ground. It is a sequel to what the original movie really was, which is just a fish-out-of-water comedy. And it doesn't go, 
boy, is this movie better than the first one. This is, that movie was great. Here's why. Remember why. That said, it also has some genuinely funny moments in here that I really liked. And I don't know. I read the reviews and people are going, oh, there's nothing funny in here. I don't know. I feel like people going into this movie are already decided that they're going to judge it based on the first movie and they're going to hate it and they're going to overanalyze it or they're holding it to a higher standard. I'm not sure. But if you are going to enjoy this movie, it's very simple. You liked coming to America. You remember the jokes. The jokes were funny. So you will ride a wave of nostalgia watching this movie and the movie itself knows that that's what you want. So it's not going to try to be anything more than that. And if you allow yourself to accept that that's what this movie exists for, you will have a good time with it. On side of that, it is a very fun flip on the original Coming to America, whereas Akeem had to go to America and adapt to this world around him. Lavelle has to come to Zamunda. Now, we knew very little about Zamunda in the first Coming to America, except that it was this vibrant world. This movie is very smart, and as it doesn't try to expand the world outside the kingdom. If it tried to world build Zamunda, I think it would fall apart on itself, but it just stays in the kingdom. It's just Akeem's family and Lavelle's family cohabitating together in their in their castle, in their throne room, in their whatever it is, teaching Lavelle the ways of being a Zamundan royalty. And that's it. And I think that's interesting enough without getting over the top. The most outside the world you get is Wesley Snipes' neighboring kingdom. I think Wesley Snipes is an interesting addition. I think he tries a little bit too hard to be funny, but he does have some generally giggle moments, which I thought were okay. And he's from a kingdom that still was present in the first movie, so it's not trying to do anything too different than what the original movie had, which is pretty good. Eddie Murphy, surprisingly, is not really the star of this movie. He's in it. He is the big drawer of the movie, and he's still he falls back into the role of Akeem very easily. But this mainly is Jermaine Fowler's movie. It's Lavelle's movie. It's him coming to the into Zamunda and learning all the things and growing as an individual. Akeem's main story about being closed off and becoming this king that he doesn't want to be means that for a majority of the film, he's not really in it. And when he is, he's he's not really the Akeem quite that we remember. But he, I don't know if it's because Eddie Murphy didn't want the spotlight or if he's allowing that a younger man needs to head the comedy sort of thing. But there were a lot of times watching this movie and I was like, we're not seeing a lot of Eddie Murphy at the moment. Like, that's not bad. I'm not going, where's Eddie Murphy? Because the story was invested. I was interested in it enough to know what was going on. But I thought, I'm not sure. Is that because he's a bit older now and he doesn't have the energy to do the comedy that he was doing in the first Coming to America? Or is he accepting that he's handing over the torch to a new person to lead the franchise? Or he is acknowledging that Akeem would grow after 30 years. He wouldn't be the exact same person that he was. He's not grown in the way he wants to, which is interesting. But I like that because there is a large roster of characters in here. And surprisingly, a lot of the new characters get more focused than the old one. Akeem, Semi, Akeem's wife, Lisa, Mr. McDowell, they're not really in a, a high amount of scenes. It's mainly Lavelle and his family and the people that he meets. But it still manages to juggle things relatively okay, which I thought was good. Arsenio Hall, I've only ever seen him in Coming to America. I know he's had his own show, and he's a very funny guy, but he falls back into this semi-role perfectly. He is a treat from the moment you see him. Semi was a high point of Coming to America as well in terms of his his over-the-top reactions to things, and he's great. 
competing with Tracy Morgan's character in here, who is Lavelle's uncle, who in a way acts as his advisor. And the way they compete against each other is pretty great. And of course, the impressions are all back. The Barbershot trio are back. I think it falls a little in terms of those because it, there are the, the jokes that these things, the stereotypes don't really play very well today. So hats off to the movie for still going, this is something we did and people liked it. So we're going to bring it back. But their own, it's very fleeting. It's not in it a lot. And I wonder if that's because the anti-Semitic jokes, the, the sexual predatory priest, that sort of stuff is, you cut, is not really funny now based on what we know and have seen and have learnt and whatever. But, you know, they're still in there and they're not played too much so it doesn't overwhelm you. The priest I didn't like in the original movie and I don't like now, so that's irrelevant to today's climate, I think. It's just I hate that character. The real selling point of this film is Jermaine Fowler's new character, Lavelle. Jermaine Fowler is a delightfully wonderful protagonist. He, From the moment you meet him, you can relate to him, you understand his goals, his drives. He is a person who cares and has great respect for his family. So he's not an insecure brat who's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be prince because I want money because I like money. He's very like, if I'm going to be prince, I get to bring my mother because she's looked after me from birth all by herself and I love her. And I love my uncle, even though he's a bit of a tosser, but they get to come with me too. He's very family first. The people who he has relied on, he repays tenfold. He is overshadowed and overwhelmed by the prospect of being a prince and getting all that wealth, but he never devolves into a douchebag. He's always respectful to people around him. He learns to appreciate the new family that he's got. He finds an understanding with the the daughters that Akeem has. They are a little undeveloped in this film, except for the oldest one, who was supposed to be in line for the throne, but now Lavelle's come in and she's quite rightly upset that this has happened so they have a nice little antagonistic play going there but they eventually learn to work together which is pretty good but he is funny he is charming he is delightful and as i said as eddie murphy has taken a step back he's the one really running the show and running the plot and drive and the main actions of this story and it's great because he plays him with such love and fun so if anything if this helps jermaine fowler to take off even more and get even bigger roles I would love that so fantastic Jermaine Fowler you did great as did Eddie Murphy for the stuff he was in as did Encenio Hall for the stuff he was in everybody in here was great with what they were given overall to sum it up this is a nostalgia film and as a result of accepting that that's what it is I had a really great time with it I give it an 8 out of 10 that might be a little high but I came out of it pleased i came out of it having enjoyed myself i had a laugh i had a good time in today's climate as i've said with movies like spongebob we need simple safe wholesome comedy films that'll just put a smile on our faces and just allow us to escape what's going on and just have a good time for an hour and and 45 minutes and this movie succeeded it did not make me wish that the movie didn't exist it doesn't shit on the original movie the way something like zoolander 2 did it is a nice little companion piece. It exists if you want to watch it after coming to America to see how that world progressed. You don't have to watch it, but the movie doesn't suffer as a result of that. It is the nostalgia train. Get on board and just have a good time. Thank you very much for listening to me. I hope you have enjoyed. I'm not trying to be preachy and sit on my high throne and go, 
you need to pull your head out of your ass and just accept that this movie's good. No. If you watch this movie and you don't like it and you have your reasons, that's fine. This is a movie that's going to divide people, I think, depending on how you look at it and how you allow yourself to receive it. But it's on Amazon, and if you've already got Amazon, then it's a movie. It's something to watch, something to do. Check it out. I do highly recommend you check it out, especially if you're a fan of coming to America and you like those jokes because you are going to get caught up in the nostalgia, and I think you'll have a good time. But if you don't enjoy it, it's an hour and 45 minutes. It's not that long. You can stop watching if you get bored and put on Raya and the Last Dragon instead. That's also available. There's a couple of movies to choose from for once, which is exciting. So check it out. But if you watch the movie and you disagree with everything I've said, feel free to let me know. If you also agree with me in terms of the nostalgia and the and the performances of Eddie Murphy and Jermaine Fowler and just had a good time, also let me know. I'd be interested to hear. But for now... I am going to take off, and I will be back in a few more days, another episode, how exciting, but I will be giving up my thoughts and opinions on the recently finished WandaVision, and what I think of that whole show, and whether I enjoyed it or not. I mean, spoiler alert, I love the MCU, so I think you know where it's going, but be sure to tune in just to find out. But until then, I love and appreciate you always, thank you very much for checking in with me, I keep safe, and I'll speak to you next time. You've been spliced in later. Adios, muchachos. I'll catch you next time.